0: The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network.
1: Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program.
2: Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Rev. Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Rev. Galen McDowell.
3: Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell. I am the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in the wonderful city of Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Dr. Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the founder. Uh, as I stated before, that I will be off and on teaching the book The Law and the Promise by Neville, uh, full name Neville Goddard but, he, but uh, his full but he wrote under the name Neville and Neville was an interesting writer and he still is interesting he made his transition some 45 years ago but his work is becoming more and more popular today because of many factors but one of them is his ability to teach people how to visualize or see In the imagination and through faith, claim and demonstrate the good that they desire. And it's a powerful thing that I think we just need to be mindful of. So, what I want to do is, off and on between different shows, I'll be teaching the law and the promise. One, it'll give you an opportunity to get the book. If you haven't bought the book, I strongly suggest getting it. And one of the things about this book that's really interesting is he actually writes about, uh, folks who actually use his teachings to demonstrate things. And I think that's important because it gives you a feel for how other people work with a particular principle. When you can see how folks execute what has been taught to them, I think it helps us get insight. It'll help you get insight into how you can properly uh, execute a particular principle yourself. So let's get right to it. The name of the second chapter in the book of the law and the promise is dwell therein, dwell therein. And it means to dwell in the consciousness of that which you desire. You have to dwell in it. You have to see from it. You have to live in it. You, it has to become real, so real that it's almost like the movie The Matrix, where you can't tell the difference. Is you, you are going in 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 your imagination, and you are living the experience. Now, why is this important? Because you're not just observing something; you're actually in it. You're being it. You're doing it. You know, I, I like to use the example of being in a dream that's so vivid that when you wake up it's hard to believe that it was a dream because when you're really into an a vision and this can happen while you're awake you embody it so much that your your body your body chemistry will react to it it is you can wake up out of a dream sweating anxious heartbeat racing all type all type of things could be going on with your body but it never actually happened in physical reality in existence it only was happening in your dream now there are other folks and you might be one of them who can in your imagination See a vision, dream, or whatever, and it pauses you because it's so real, it is so impactful that it becomes a part of who you are because sometimes things are happening in the mystery of the mind through the faculty of imagination that is difficult to separate. You know, I know many people who have said to me that in the midst of a mystical experience, they saw loved ones or they saw some type of what they considered an angel or something like that or higher level of consciousness being you know uh these things happen daily and we don't talk about them because we don't want people to think that we're crazy and but if you sit down and actually start talking about these type of things, you'll discover that people are actually having more of these type of experiences than we might realize because they can't explain them how they saw their daddy or they saw their uncle standing in the, in in the backyard or walking through the door or whatever, while they were fully awake or, or somebody, you know, just came to give a message or whatever. Or they saw a vision and everything that happened in that vision was, uh, was, you know, sometimes warning them of something or giving them the opportunity to make some type of choice or some type of symbolism was being delivered in the vision. Or there's some people who they're so caught up in their daydream, they could be in the midst of a work, a work experience or school experience and they're so caught up in their imagination that they totally lose. Spatial awareness. And we discourage that many times. Stop that daydreaming. Well, that's maybe the daydreaming is a way to train the mind because daydreaming sometimes happens on its own. What we want to do is take that same power, that same ability, and utilize it intentionally. That's the key word. Intentionally. Can you dwell? in the consciousness in the house of the lord of the in the consciousness of the law of your being can you dwell in the consciousness of the good you desire can you dwell in the consciousness of the prosperity you desire can you dwell in the health can you dwell in the peace can you dwell in the joy? Can you dwell in the love? Not jump in and out. Dwell means to live or to or to be in an experience. Can you dwell there? Because many times we want the experience of dwelling in the Lord without dwelling in the Lord. In other words, we want the experience of of living in a consciousness of truth without putting forth the intentional effort to live in a consciousness of truth. And you're not going to just live in a consciousness of truth by being unintentional. Yes, you can have some unintended mystical moments and they happen to everybody. Again, I just believe that most people don't talk about them. But that doesn't change the fact that that's still an unintentional process and it's just giving you a glimpse of what's possible, a glimpse of what spirit is doing through your soul. But if you're not if you don't go back and intentionally start to work with it, then you'll never have any level of mastery about how to work with your imagination. Now, if you go back and listen to the first show I did on the law and the promise, what you'll discover is I gave a lot of information about the imagination, image, mind, et cetera, that I'm not going to go back and teach go back and listen to that material because it's real- really important and it's foundational so let's get to the book. He wrote on my book page eighteen, and I realize b- different people have different books, but on my page, the first chapter of uh first page of chapter two is page eighteen, and he asked a question why build a dream house and not dwell therein he's talking about in the consciousness he said and he wrote man meaning human beings man through the medium of a controlled waking dream can predetermine his future that by itself is powerful man through the medium of a controlled, waking dream can predetermine his future. Uh, as the Apostle Paul wrote, calling those things that be not as though they were. It's understanding that you're putting yourself in a state. Literally putting yourself in a state to where you are and i'm just going to just i'm just throwing walls mean excuse me i'm throwing terms at the wall here to try to say it in a lot of different ways so it'll stick in a way you're creating your own mind map in a way you're creating your own matrix in a way you are contr- con- you are preparing the experience of yourself before you get there. In a way, you are being intentional with imagination and faith to demonstrate a particular good. In a way, you are also using love, deep love, to love that which you see in imagination and are drawing by faith. You're playing with it. so. Part of this is understanding that Neville is teaching people how to be masters of their own imagination to where it doesn't just take you where you don't want to go. A lot of people have fears and frustrations and anxieties, doubts, et cetera, and imagination can take hold of those fears those frustrations, those doubts, those anxieties, and play a really serious game of let's show up the next fear image. What does that mean? Instead of using your imagination to produce good, many people's uncontrolled imagination is feeding themselves. Images of fear, images of frustration, images of I can't do that and this is why. Instead of looking from the perspective of I can predetermine my future, calling those things that be not as though they were. Calling those things that be not as though they were. Back to the book. He goes on to say that imaginal activity of living in the feeling of the wish fulfilled leads man across a bridge of incident to the fulfillment of the dream. Again, I repeat that. That imaginal activity. Again, intentional, controlled, waking dream. The That imaginal activity of living in the feeling of the wish fulfilled. So not only are you seeing it, you're living in the feeling of it. This is why Reverend Ike used to say, feeling gets the blessing. You have to learn how to live in the feeling of that which you desire. And you have to become intentional about it. This is one of the reasons why learning how to meditate is really important. Because part of the process of not just being in your everyday Thinking processes is most folks, when they relax their bodies, they go to sleep. Or when they try to take control of the mind and focus it or concentrate it on a fixed idea, they just go to sleep. Now, they'll just daydream anything or or allow the mind to wander on anything. But to do it intentionally, I'm going to relax my mind my mind, I'm going to relax my body, and I'm going to focus my mind on a particular idea, concept, goal, or dream. Most people within a couple of minutes are sleep, because they're not used to relaxing their bodies without the mind saying, oh, it's time to check out. So learning to meditate is a good skill to learn even if you know, you're talking about the mysteries of being a spirit revealing yourself, which I believe meditation does, but one of the other things that meditation will give you is the ability to fix your mind on a particular concept. Even I'm gonna put my mind on a particular aspect of my body or a particular center in my body, and I'm just going to keep it there because. As Neville wrote, that imaginal activity of living in the feeling of the wish fulfilled leads man across a bridge of incident to the fulfillment of the dream, which is basically saying that when you have the image and you have the deep feeling, which Emmett Fox called the mental equivalent, that image and that feeling through divine law will bring you through or over a bridge of incidents in other words the right people, the right place, the right time, the right opportunities etc. to the fulfillment of the dream. Things that normally wouldn't come together for the fulfillment of your dream come together just because you have collected The proper concentration, focus, and I would say focus energy around a particular idea, dream, or thought. Now, I'm looking at the clock and wow, it's almost time for the first break. So, let me pause here and say that. Uh, This show, along with all the other shows, are supported by your donations. So as you freely receive, freely give, you can go to unity.fm and uh, click on the giving or donate button to help support this online ministry. We will be right back with Truth Transforms.
4: Wouldn't you like to share the programs that inspire you most with audiences around the world? That's easier than ever with mobile giving. Just text Unity Radio to 72727 and help us continue offering spiritual programs that change lives.
5: I'm Dr. Tom Shepard, host of Let's Talk About It on Unity Online Radio. In my studies of world religions, I've repeatedly encountered two central spiritual questions. How do we make sense of life, and how do we live it more successfully? You're invited to explore these two questions with me in my new book, The Many Faces of Prayer, How the Human Family Meets Its Spiritual Needs. You'll be amazed at the remarkable ways people have learned to pray to their gods and to celebrate life individually and as communities of faith. Learn more at unitybooks.org.
4: is the birthright of each and every one of us to live an awakened life. Most religions and spiritual traditions teach us that we need to adopt a certain belief system or follow some prescribed steps to attain a state of enlightenment. A long-held belief about awakening is that only a small number of people destined to become gurus or spiritual teachers can attain it. It is certainly true that until recent times, only a small number of people on the planet had attained this state of full self-realization. These saints, mystics, and spiritual masters were seen as special. They certainly were at the time. However, times are changing. This message was brought to you by T.J. Woodward, host of Awakened Living Radio. Learn more from T.J. on his weekly podcasts. Episodes are available on UnityOnlineRadio.org, iTunes, and Google Play Music.
2: Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. All
3: right, welcome back to Truth Transforms. Before I get back into the book, let me remind you that this show has a Facebook page. You can go to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Uh, You can, you know, obviously like the page. And if you so desire, my request is to give it a five-star rating, It'll help Facebook share it, you know, like the things and, you know, and comment. It's also the quickest way to get in contact with me uh, quicker than the email that they give. Also, I, I do want to remind you that this show is on iTunes and Stitcher. Stitcher is an Android app. And if you do listen to the show on Stitcher or, or Android, that please give it a five-star rating. So, It'll help iTunes promote it. Uh, It'll help Stitcher promote it. I think we need to make sure that we're doing those type of things. Uh, I do believe that we have a message on this show and on other shows on Unity Online Radio that the world needs. And we are part of the transformation of human consciousness. Therefore, let us make sure that we're doing our part. And it's really easy to, to give a quick rating, give a quick comment. It's real easy to share, you know, what you listen to, or if you don't want to share it directly, share it indirectly. Take the notes down and say, Hey, I was listening to this show. And these are some of the things that I got from them. Or, or even better yet, these are the things that I learned, practiced, and demonstrated because there's nothing like a testimony. And by the way, I love testimonies, so if you do have testimonies and you don't want to call in to tell me, send them to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. I don't tell anybody's business. I, uh, that's confidential. But I would like to know how people are working with the messages that they receive from this show in particular. Again, you can send them directly to the Facebook page or uh, Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Also, if you want to call in to the show, you can call in at 888-558-6489, 888-558-6489. All right, back to the book, page 18. So Neville wrote, if we live in the dream, thinking from it and not of it, then the creative power of imagining will answer our adventurous fancy. And the wish fulfilled will break in upon us and take us unawares. So, in other words, our part is to make sure that we're thinking from it, living in it. Again, thinking from it, living in it. And once we are really complete with thinking from it and living in it, you'll have a sense of peace of knowing when you can Put an image down. What do I mean by that? Sometimes it's necessary just to hold the image, hold the image, hold the image, hold the image. But then it becomes a point to where you trust that it is done. It's hard for me to explain that where you just say it is done and you can release, release it knowing that it is done. However, no one else can tell you when to do that. This is why you have to become intimate with your own spiritual and mental uh inner being in other words how does your mind work how do you know when you're in tune with spirit because that's a part of releasing and letting go because once you say and you know or oh, like you've been living in the dream and living in the dream and living with the dream and then it seems as though Something says within you and something is spirit. It is finished or it is done. I'm just using those words. It doesn't mean those words come to you. It is finished. It is done. It's almost like the seventh day of creation. The last step when it says God rested because the work was done. It was complete. And there's an aspect of this where that requires mental intensity and the ability to surrender to it, that you know what, it is done. And no one can tell you how that dynamic will work with you. You have to learn how to play with it yourself. Now, you can be coached through the process. I'm not going to say that having a teacher or listening to the show or, you know, I'm always going to promote taking a class in the Johnny Coleman Institute won't help. It will. Helped me and has helped countless people. The issue is making sure that you learn the techniques and as you're being guided through the process, you're actually doing your own work. Because when you do your own work, you will get a feel for how you work. All right, back to the book. So he goes on to say, Man is all imagination. Therefore, man must be where he is in imagination for his imagination. Is himself. Let's look at this from another perspective. I'm going to switch the words around. Uh, Man or human beings is all consciousness. And therefore, man must be where his where he is in consciousness for his consciousness is himself. This gives another way of looking at it. What am I imaging? Because the think is the image. So I will be where my thinking is. I live where my thinking is. Now think about that. (laughs) Think about that. That's funny. That wasn't intentional. I am where I think I am. I live where I think I am. I experience where I think I am. What does that mean I experience where I where I think I am? In other words, things can happen, events happen. But my experience is based upon my own thinking. What am I seeing? What type of images are you holding in your mind? Those images are what you're experiencing not the event. He goes on to say, to realize that imagination is not something tied to the senses or enclosed within the spatial boundary of the body is most important. In other words, your mind, to use some of the words that are being used in the last... 15-20 years is non-local what does that mean it is not in any central position it is not limited to the expression of your body of what we call the brain your imagination your mind your consciousness is where you put it if you put it on as a blessing on somebody as you're praying say for instance praying for somebody in San Francisco at that point your true your realization of truth becomes active for that person there because God is omnipresence and we are one with God. So we are in, in a sense connected to this omnipresence because we are a self-expression of it. So. Yes, wherever I am, God is. But if we want to take it to the next step. Wherever. God is I am wherever God is I am just think about that wherever God is my consciousness can appear I remember uh Hearing Reverend Della Reese, the famous actor, who's also a retired minister for the Universal Foundation for Better Living, talking about when she was going through the experience of the—she had some type of brain injury, tumor, or something like that. And she, you know, was friends with Reverend Coleman at the time. She wasn't a minister yet, but she was doing the training, and she had had an incident on the Johnny Carson show. And— as she was working through the experience, they told her that she had to have this surgery. And, you know, when you're having that type of surgery, you know, there's always a chance that it might not go the way you want it to go, but it was necessary. It had to happen to give her a functional chance at living. And Reverend Coleman was praying with her, but she was not in California. And she's, according to Della Reese, her own words, Reverend Coleman was in a hospital room with her. She said she would look and she would see. And people are oh, she was just delusional or, you know, she was just imagining. Well, yeah, but it is maybe imagination is more than we think it is. Maybe. Reverend Coleman's prayer work showed up and manifested it in a way to where she could accept it. So her friend and spiritual mother and sister was there with her in that experience in a way that was tangible enough for her to understand what it meant. So Reverend Coleman sent her consciousness. Now, that's a human. Uh, that's a very 20th century example. Let's go back and use talk about uh, in the biblical times. Uh, A centurion came up to Jesus, a person, a Roman uh, leader, military leader, and said, Jesus, my slave or servant, depending on the translation, my servant is at the home at my home and he's ill. Uh, And Jesus automatically was like, let me get up. And I'll go see him because normally, when people ask Jesus to pray with someone, Jesus would go to the residence or they would bring the person to Jesus. He would speak the word and they would get better. But the centurion said, No, Jesus, I'm not worthy for you to come to my house, but I'm a man of authority. Like he says, But just speak the word. Just speak the word. Because I'm a man of authority, and when I tell my people to go, go, they go. When I tell people, my people to come, they come. He recognized that Jesus was a man of spiritual authority. He said, "All you have to do is speak the word, and I know my servant will be healed." And Jesus, you know, said, "I haven't found this type of faith in all of Israel." It became a whole big thing because Jesus was excited about it because he saw someone who understood what spiritual authority meant. The man understood that if Jesus could see it in his mind and speak the word, then it would be true. Jesus didn't know what the man looked like. I doubt Jesus knew the man's name because it's never stated what the man's name was. He didn't know the man's age. He didn't know what the man was dealing with, but his consciousness could be with him through the vehicle of the word. He said, Jesus, you don't have to come to my house. Just speak the word because you're a man of authority. I know what authority means. And if I'm a human military authority and I know you're a spiritual authority. I know that your spiritual authority can, can command that my servant be healed. Let's just play with that because maybe we think that's just for Jesus. Command it to be so. Command it to be so. You don't have to come to my house, Jesus. Just speak the word because you're a man of authority. You're a man of spiritual authority. And when you speak, spiritual forces act. What would life look like for us if we really believed that we were beings of spiritual authority and when we speak. Spiritual forces act. What would that look like? I am a spiritual. I excuse me. I'm a being of spiritual authority. And when I speak the word. Spiritual forces. Act. I am a spiritual being. And when I speak the word, spiritual forces act. I am a being of spiritual authority. And when I speak the word, spiritual forces act. How does that feel? Just take a deep breath and breathe that in. I am a being of spiritual authority, and when I speak, spiritual forces act, take a deep breath with it. even though my whole life can present to me evidence that will try to convince me that this statement is false, something in me knows that it is the truth. Even in the midst of mistakes, fears, and frustrations, It is the truth. And when we learn how to work with our own spirituality and consciously become, because we already are, but we have to be conscious so it doesn't matter, to become consciously aware of being a spiritual being With spiritual authority. Then maybe we can more quickly call forth those things that be not. As though they were. So I'm looking at the clock. And it looks like it's time for the second break. So we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. Do you ask with
5: childlike wonder, what is the nature of God? Who is Jesus? What is the Christ? How do we know what we know? When you ask these or other heart-centered questions about the non-physical, intangible aspects of life, you are, on some level, a student of metaphysics. New from Unity House and nearly five years in the making, Heart-Centered Metaphysics, a deeper look at Unity teachings is now available. This is Paul Hasselbeck author of this quintessential study guide. Enjoy a deeper exploration of universal spiritual principles and truths, whether you're just starting or have been seeking for years. Each thought-provoking chapter of heart Center metaphysics speaks to truth-seekers like you, providing essential tools to help elevate your consciousness and create spiritual transformations in your outer life and circumstances. Order your copy today from the Unity Online Store at www.unity.org, then click on Shop.
2: been listening to truth transforms with reverend galen mcdowell if you have questions or comments about today's program or if you'd like to join in on the discussion email us at truth transforms at unity.fm now back to truth transforms
3: all right welcome back to truth transforms back to the book so neville goes on to write talking about the imagination and and human beings he can move by change he can move by a change in what he is aware of he can move by a change in what he's aware of so if you're if you want to be able to really move your life you have to move what you are aware of Because something could be in your space and you're still not aware of it. There are things that are happening close to you many times that you're not aware of. So if you want to change your life, you have to change what you are aware of. This is what the Lenten season is about metaphysically It's fasting let's eliminate negative thinking. we're eliminating things that we were aware of previously that we don't need to be aware of i don't need to I don't need to know about that I don't need to be an expert in misery I don't need to be an expert in dysfunction I don't need to be an expert in chaos because we tend to engage in those things with both feet in. We need to be aware of different aspects uh, you know, I was telling one of my cousins a couple of nights ago that uh, you know, years ago one of the books that I really enjoyed reading is uh, the book Rich Dad Poor Dad I probably bought it whenever it originally became popular in the late 90s mid to late 90s and I said to him one of the reasons why I really like that book is because the author talks about the understanding the difference between an asset and a liability, and the asset being that which, you know, cash flow, etc. You can read your own book. I'm not here to explain that and what a liability really is. And I said that was a that was eye opening to me because I didn't have an awareness of what that really meant. But what he was trying to say was he had two dads. His biological dad, who was an educator, matter of fact, a high-level educator, I think at, at one point was a superintendent of the school system, who he called his poor dad because he was highly educated, but whatever he made, he actually ended up spending. So it didn't make a difference how much money he made. The family didn't live at, like the wealthier kids in the area. Then he had what he called his rich dad, who was a dad that was an entrepreneur, A dad who was a businessman who taught him how to think like a wealthy person, even though the man didn't have what the world said he was supposed to have at the time, uh, he ended up becoming a very wealthy person in Hawaii. So the book is explaining to people the difference between how a rich person thinks based upon this man and, and poor people psychology. Not necessarily based upon just what we would call academic education, but based upon financial education. How what how do people who have wealth think about money versus people who don't? And understanding the psychology of money. So what that book did was it put it put clothes on concepts that I learned metaphysically by giving Firm examples about how my rich dad taught me this, he taught my best friend, it was his best friend's dad, he taught us this, he taught his daddy, told us how to do, etc. You can read the book, you can get it for yourself. But most importantly, out of everything that was taught, the ability to learn how to think differently is what changed the game for him. Because you are where you you can only live where you are aware of being there's some folks who no matter what happens their lives don't go beyond a certain level of success because they're not aware of what that can mean. They're not aware of what that consciousness is. Then so so they stay at their comfort level. But at the same time that comfort level also means that they can't live below a certain level. The certain things that you just won't tolerate There's certain things that you just won't accept because in your mind and your image of who you think you are, that's below your level of thinking and experiencing life. Therefore, you won't accept it. You know, there's certain places that you just won't go. There's certain type of standards that you just won't accept. There's certain places you just can't live. Why? Because it's your self-image. It's what you're aware of. Back to the book. Neville wrote this, on page 19 of my book, this ability to mentally move move from things as they are to things as they ought to be is one of the most important discoveries that man can make. It reveals man as a center of imagining with powers of intervention which enable him to alter the course of observed events, moving from success to success through a series of mental transformations of nature of others and himself. Now, what does that mean? It just means that when you realize who you are, he calls it a center of imagining with powers of intervention. That your concentrated image of good with feeling, or he calls it the feeling of the wish fulfilled through divine law can change facts what does that mean? what does that mean? this was the outcome that could have happened out of that experience and because you were praying because you were Seeing the good because you were imagining it with the wish fulfilled. That's where all those prayers, when grandmama would pray and stuff would move. That's it's still talking about what Neville is talking about, just not in a scientific way. People going around a hospital bed holding hands while the person is going in and out of consciousness. You don't know if they're going to make it or not, and everybody can get convinced that God can heal that person can be the very image with the feeling of the wish desired to push that person through and keep them on this side of the fence and heal that which was not thought could be healed. We just don't realize who we are. And this is why if we have all this power individually, maybe this is why Jesus said, "Where two or three are gathered together in my name, in my name does not mean saying in Jesus, in Jesus, in Jesus. In my name is an Aramaic idiom, which means according to my understanding or or according to my method, we would say in the consciousness of applying the principles that I taught. That's in his name. So back to the book. So it says that you're able to alter the course of observed events. Can you believe it? Can you part your Red Sea? That's what it's saying. Really get it. I can part my own Red Sea. Moving from success to success through a series of mental transformations of nature, of others, and himself. So, anybody or anything that needs to be drawn to you will be drawn. It might seem to others like it's a coincidence, but it's actually the fulfillment of. Divine law. So in this chapter, which I'm not going to read because the stories are long, they have two firsthand accounts. Look that look just like somebody wrote Neville letters that he put in the book. One is from a Dr. M, and another is from a person whose initials are JRB. And they are explaining. How they use this principle of de- dwell therein to demonstrate a particular good, to get a home or to sell a home, etc., cetera, uh, through circumstances that didn't seem to make sense, but they worked out. So Neville says, to wrap up this chapter, one on page 30, one must, not a, one must adopt either the way of imagination or the way of sense. No compromise or neutrality is possible. He who is not for me is against me. That's scripture. When man finally identifies himself with his imagination rather than his senses, he has at long long last discovered the core of reality. So he's saying, look, you can live this life as a regular human being, working through your five senses or, or realize that you are a being of infinite potential and through your imagination you can change your world. He says, I have often been warned by self-styled realists that man will never realize his dream by simply imagining that it is already here. Yet man can realize his dream by simply imagining that it is already here. He doesn't back up from it. He's like, you know what? I'm willing to be a being of faith and and I will become totally illogical about this. But I'm a, <laughs> So we got to decide. And that's why he says that is actually what this collection of stories prove. If only men were prepared to live imaginatively in the feeling of the wish fulfilled, advancing confidently in their controlled waking dream, then the power of imagining would answer their adventurous fancy and the wish fulfilled would break in upon them and take them unawares. In other words, you got to be willing to go all out with it. Then he states nothing is more continuously wonderful than. The thing that happen that things that happen every day to the man with imagination sufficiently awake to realize their wonder. So he's saying you can live in a different way, where you understand how to control your imagination. And he says in the last two sentences of this chapter, the world is imaginal, not mechanist mechanic mechanist. I always mess that word up. But anyways, in other words, it's not mechanical. Mechanistic. Excuse me. I just had to say it right. Imaginal acts, not blind faith. Fate, not faith. I was teaching blind faith the other day. Imaginal acts, not blind fate, determine the course of history. You got to call those things that be not as though they were. You have to be able to see it. You have to be able to work with it. Get that mental equivalent. So God bless you. This is the end of the show. And I'll be back with you in two weeks with Truth Transforms.
6: Listen to Beverly Molander and her guests live every Monday at noon Central, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Affirmative Prayer, activating the power of yes. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
1: When was the last time you did something for the first time? Even if it's something you've done before, you can still choose to see it as if it were the first time. Why not look at your life with the eyes of a child? Children radiate joy and enthusiasm because everything they see and do is new to them. They are filled with awe. We can live in a world of wonder too. The thoughts we think and hold in our mind do affect our lives. Remember, choose to think on things that are lovely and beautiful and you will see your own world blossom and transform. Today, awake to the radiant beauty of every experience as if for the first time and see the positive changes in your world. This message has been brought to you by the Association of Unity Churches International. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org.
0: Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
2: You know the saying, a good deed is its own reward? Well, moving toward a plant-based diet and vegan lifestyle is one kind and compassionate act that isn't just its own reward. It will also reward you with vibrant health, Boundless energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it. And according to Yogis and Unity's co-founder Charles Fillmore, even give a boost to your spiritual life. On Main Street Vegan, the radio program named for the popular book, Victoria Moran will make your move in a vegan direction easy, fun, affordable, and delicious. With enticing topics and entertaining guests, every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
6: Have you ever considered that everything you think, say, and do is a prayer to the universe? What would your life be like if you activated the power of yes? Join Reverend Beverly Molander and her exciting guests on Affirmative Prayer, Activating the Power of Yes, to find out how they activated the power of yes in their lives, their communities, or even the world. If they can do it, you can too. Listen to Beverly Molander and her guests live every Monday at noon central, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Affirmative Prayer, Activating the Power of Yes. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
1: When was the last time you did something for the first time? Even if it's something you've done before, you can still choose to see it as if it were the first time. Why not look at your life with the eyes of a child? Children radiate joy and enthusiasm because everything they see and do is new to them. They are filled with awe. We can live in a world of wonder, too. The thoughts we think and hold in our mind do affect our lives. Remember, choose to think on things that are lovely and beautiful, and you will see your own world blossom and transform. Today, awake to the radiant beauty of every experience, as if for the first time see the positive changes in your world. This message has been brought to you by the Association of Unity Churches International. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org.
0: Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.